Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrands.com or 400 North May in Chicago. It is the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series, featuring industry panels recorded live throughout the city of Chicago. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at dynastypodcast.com. This week, how radio and DJs break new music in the changing music industry. Produced as part of the DK's Creatives at Work series. Featuring Jeff McCluskey from Jeff McCluskey and Associates, Vince Lawrence from Slang Music Group, and PJ Kling, formerly of 101 WKQX. Here's how that sounds. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out tonight. Be here, be part of the DK's Creatives at Work series. Um, let me kind of tell you what that's all about, and then we will get into the panel. Uh, the Creatives at Work industry series that happens here in Chicago, Illinois. Um, it's presented by the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. Um, it's a music forum that brings together experts from the music industry, talk about current pressing music-related re issues for working musicians and business music owners or music business owners even. Um, so you get to hear from leaders in the field. Um, it's a space for dialogue and ideas among industry peers, and you get to network and meet a lot of great people who have some great experience, and it's all for free. Um, this series is presented by the Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, aka DCASE, in collaboration with chicagomusic.org, Chicago Music Commission, Dynasty Podcasts, and 2112. Uh, my name is Haima Black. I am the host and founder of Dynasty Podcast. We were the first music podcast launched in Chicago history, the longest running music podcast, and I have worked in broadcast for about 17 years in Chicago. And tonight, we are here for a panel called How Radio and DJs Break New Music in the Changing Music Industry. So I'm going to go down the line, do a very brief introduction of the fantastic panelists we have here, and then I'm really going to let them take things over. So we have Vince Lawrence from Slang Music Group right here, um, PJ Kling from 101 WKQX Radio, and Jeff McCluskey from Jeff McCluskey and Associates here. So let's give it up for them being here right now. So, I mean, I just did the bare bones, but why don't you guys go down the line, you know, really introduce yourselves, talk about what you do, how you got started in music. Give us some background on each of you. <laughs> well, my name's Vince Lawrence, and I'm president of a company called Slang Music Group. And Slang Music Group creates music for records, television and film, interactive. We make music for just about anything. Our relationship with music as it pertains to this panel is would be the fact that a song that I co-authored in the 80s um, is widely... It's, it's, there's this rumor that it's the first house music song ever. And um, with that, um, I work with a lot of DJs, um, both on the club side and the radio side, in getting these art, getting artists' music out there and getting our records, you know, in the marketplace and around the world. Uh, my name is PJ. I uh, program 101 WKQX uh, here in Chicago. I've been in radio for 16 years, uh, programming for about 12. Uh, was a, a club DJ, club and mobile DJ for a little bit before that. Um, uh, have had various jobs throughout the radio industry in particular. Um, was at the, uh, worked for Clear Channel Corporate based in Atlanta. Um, in terms of the biggest job, I guess, that I've had um, in which uh, was 
partially responsible for about 53 markets and 286 radio stations. So, um, and then have lived all over as a result. I've been in South Florida and Atlanta, as I said, Kansas City here, obviously. So, okay. Um, my name is Jeff McCluskey. Uh, my company, Jeff McCluskey and Associates, does national um, radio promotion, and we have offices in Chicago, LA, and about to be in Nashville uh, once again, which we had an office in once before. The um, uh, I've been in the business um, 35 years. Um, started the company in Chicago, 1981. We are located in Bucktown. Have a factory building that we converted into an entertainment complex uh, um, with a recording studio. The, the job description is we work along with major labels and help get their um, artists' songs on the radio. Um, so that's, there's actually three pieces to our business. That's, that's the core, that's what brought me to the, um, you know, brought us to the business. I had worked for Columbia Records for several years before that. So we work with large artists, new artists, a variety depending on what the relationship is that the label, our clients are Universal, Interscope, RCA, Warner Brothers, Capital. And it's um, our, our areas of music are alternative artists and top 40. And then our, the second part of our business is a consulting business where we work with a lot of independent artists and independent labels who don't have the, who aren't signed to major labels, who still have music that's um, viable. It may or may not be for radio campaigns. It might be for tour marketing. It might be for development of their social media. Um, so again, it's almost like it's the role of an artist manager, basically uh, working on a lot of different parts of an, art, of an artist campaign. So that's it. Those are the real components. And we have a big intern program, which is why I asked you before. It's a, you know, the, 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 with the amount of time we've been in the business, it's a big part of what we do. We always have, you know, five to 10 interns from different schools around the country that will work at Lollapalooza, put out a record, um, work on a major concert this summer and, and, and every year. So we're really proud of that too. So, Jeff, I'm just going to sidetrack us for just a moment here because I think what you're saying is really interesting. For anyone who's listening to this later on, how could somebody get involved with your intern program? Well, I've got a one sheet on it right here. Um, but also, I mean, if you went to our website, there would be a section for our um, Young Entrepreneurs Program or intern program. So Tommy Trafton, his name is on there um, as a point of contact. I, and I, I take, you know, take it as a um, contact person myself. If I you know, speak at a group or I meet people that, uh, I, you know, just contact me directly as well, so. That's fantastic. All right, so everybody here has really great experience coming from nightlife or radio or somewhere in that world um, with a lot of crossover, it sounds like. How have, you know, each of you seen the concept of radio, breaking records, nightlife, DJing, all that, how have you seen that change during your time in the industry? Uh, well, I think that, um, uh, it's the audience may suggest that radio hasn't changed much over the course of uh, the um, uh, last whatever couple of decades, but as far as the um, 
internally a lot has changed, but the fundamentals are the same. I mean, our, our goal is to always connect the music that we think the audience will love with the audience that hopefully will love it. And so, uh, but what has really changed is the world around it. I mean, everything that uh, we went from three TV stations and five radio stations in a market to a thousand TV stations, uh, half of which people probably don't even watch now because they uh, are watching everything online now. And uh, music has clearly uh, the barrier for entry on that has uh, almost gone away. You're, uh, if you, you can become a YouTube star by just being great. Uh, there's uh, there's an opportunity to whether it's you're listening through Pandora or Spotify or all the other millions of different um, methods to get your music into your phone. It's uh, oh, the world around it has changed a lot um, as much as radio has changed itself. I think for music, I've, I um, I still feel at this point, although the landscape is changing, the, the ground is moving beneath our feet, as they say. I believe that terrestrial radio is still the strongest, the strongest grabber for music listeners and music purchasers specifically. I think that terrestrial, terrestrial radio still has the most reach. I come from a place where we would start a record at one or two teen dances and grow it out to the city. But then at some point we had to address radio mm -hmm. and, um, I think that what's changed is mix show, the mix show portion of radio used to be pretty much in the hands of the DJ. Mm -hmm. um, so back in the day, that's not that long ago, but really back in the day, I would be able to take a record to a guy like DJ Flipside, who's a club DJ who also spins on the radio and give him the record in his club, and he'd be in, in the club that he was spending Friday night at, per se, and he would watch the record grow in his club and say, okay, I'm gonna start playing this on the radio, and then he'd start playing it on the radio, and if you get five or seven of those guys playing your record on the radio across a couple of stations, it would sound like rotation. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. Now the program directors are programming the club show, the club DJs. So therefore, in, in other words, clubs used to lead, the streets used to lead radio. Now radio tells the streets what's happening. Well, if it makes you feel better on our station, we have an EDM show on uh, Saturday nights that I couldn't tell you uh, three songs that they play. So it's that's clearly not coming from me. I do give those guys uh, they uh, yeah well we're, we're very fortunate. We have guys like Green Velvet who to, who tours the world. Mm -hmm. uh, half the time he's you know emailing me saying hey I've got really terrible uh, internet access here in Argentina. I'm gonna it may take a second for my mix to get to you or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, these I would never pretend to uh, I, although I know that's not the case for a lot of formats. Uh, but the uh, yeah the I'm a big proponent of hiring people that are experts at it because I'm not and putting them uh, and then letting them do their work uh, yeah well yeah I think it's worth noting that you know I mean you're talking about the the electric playground show with Joey Swanson and and I know Joey I know that Joey's that's somebody who comes from that world it's yeah. not like you you know hired some I don't mean this as I come from radio too so no, that's right. it's not like you hired like a radio guy yeah you hired a guy who comes from the club scene and he you know if you listen every Saturday night that authenticity is there it can't be faked and you can tell that that's you know, legit. Yep. Yeah, me programming it would would uh, the whole that whole audience would see right through it in a heartbeat. Uh, exactly. It'd be it'd be bad. So, 
you know, looking at, let's just say radio or breaking music, what does that mean now in 2015? Because, you know, again, like if we're going to talk about like back in the day, radio was pretty clearly defined. There was AM, there was FM, you turn on radio in your car, you knew what radio was. Now it can mean Pandora, it can mean Spotify, it can mean so many things. So, you know, when somebody says radio to you, what does that mean now? Or working on that side of things, what does it mean? Well, I, I don't, uh, Pandora certainly, Pandora and Spotify and those kinds of things are, are certainly going to be perceived as competitors. I don't really feel like they are like that to me. Um, I, I feel like they supplement a lot of what we do. Uh, they can give you what you want the moment that you want it, whereas I can't always do that with a radio station. Um, the uh, the goal is that every time you turn it on that you're going to hear something that you like, but, the, but we don't always get it right. And we do play commercials, clearly. But it's, um, to me, it's something that radio will always be in the content business if we do it right. And there's always going to be content and experiences that we create and shows that we can do and all these kinds of things that uh, a lot of these other things don't really uh, don't have their foot in yet. Um, so long as that's the case, I think radio will still be radio uh, so long as we focus on the content uh, that's in it as opposed to trying to, um, you know, out Pandora, Pandora, or that kind of thing. Can't beat them by being them. You talk about, um, <clears throat> you know, before about music discovery and the, uh, <clears throat> and the importance of radio in the value chain of, w you know, what role it plays. And the, you know, from, from our perspective, for one thing, it really varies based on the genre of music. Um, the country radio, uh, the country music buyer is a country radio listener. Um, there's a real, there's a direct correlation. New music goes on the radio. People listen to it, still download it on iTunes and buy tickets, which is basically like the rest of the business operated pre-internet. You know, the country business, for, you know, formats that well, way. Well, and the artists get that, too. That's the other thing that, I mean, they, they know what that whole process is, and they uh, make sure to insert themselves into it. So the, um, but, you know, we're, we're in a few different types of music for, like, the independent alternative music that where we spend a lot of time with, and obviously PJ does. We have, you know, for music discovery and where we look for um, artists or young, you know, young artists, independent artists, um, that, and, and when we're looking, then we're a music consumer that goes to Pitchfork and goes to NME, which New Music Express. So the blogs, the blogs can be very influential, especially Pitchfork, probably the most influential blog in the world for independent alternative music. And then we also, um, we do track what goes on at some of the satellite stations, XMU in particular, and Alt Nation. And obviously, we take a look at Shazam numbers, Spotify numbers, YouTube views, and especially when artists send us music. I mean, we go to their social media and we, and we gauge, you know, first of all, how we think the music is, but then what kind of a job we think they're doing at, at developing an audience. But at the end of the day, and I have a lot of, you know, young people, as I said, that work for me who might think they come in the office and sit down at the beginning and say, well, nobody listens to the radio anymore. And I say, well, it's not true. And it's not because I'm the older guy that's been around a long time that wants to just defend it. The, num the numbers say that. So in this giant funnel 
are this giant opening of all kinds of music, 170,000 records released l last year of different kinds of genres of music, you know, and they're being discovered by all kinds of different formula or, uh, sources, as we mentioned up there, as it gets more traction and more traction and more traction and gets down into that funnel, when it gets, when it really, ta really takes hold and an artist is developing um, ticket sales and really getting radio airplay, it is terrestrial radio that is the most important thing at the, at the end of the day, where you will get the most impressions and the largest audience. And so, you know, a number one or a top 10 song at top 40 or country alternative radio has, you know, it may have five to 15 million audience in a week. And if it's a top 10 song, it probably means it's gonna to be top 10 for 10 weeks. So you add that up and there's nothing in social media um, that's gonna give you that kind, of, that kind of an audience amount of impressions on a regular basis. And that's why, that's why terrestrial radio at, at the end of it, <clears throat> when you see the biggest hits at terrestrial radio in the course of a year, you can draw a line across biggest hits, biggest sales, biggest streams, biggest concert tickets. I mean, it, it, the line goes across. When the Black Keys, a big alternative band, is a cool indie band selling clubs, not really on the radio. When they have Lonely Boy, number one record, they're selling out the United Center. So, and then the same thing with Taylor Swift, and the same thing with Katy Perry, and the same thing with the Foo Fighters, and Lord, and Iggy Azalea, and you know, whatever genre of music, the, that, that model or that answer, so to speak, really is the fact at the end of the day. It's, um, so. Well, alternative radio is interesting now, too, because the, the, it's one of the few formats that does rely to a certain degree on a level of credibility. Uh, but at the same time, we have to know it going in that we are never going to be cool enough for the cool kids. Like, that will just never, ever be the case. We, um, no matter how progressive we think we may ever be, we'll, there will always be that sect of the audience that's like, that will discover things faster than we than we ever could. Um, so once you get comfortable with that, once once we got comfortable with that, it it sort of changed our perspective. It wasn't necessarily about um, we have to go out and find everything. No, it's really more about um, finding the the biggest and best stuff out of that and figuring out a way to, um, especially from a familiarity standpoint. And that's why you'll see some things pop up really fast because nowadays anything from you know if the, if a song's got a so if it's on a TV spot or if it's on um, uh, or if it's uh, a YouTube sensation or something like that or it's uh, they've uh, been exposed in some other way, you'll see it um, grow faster because the familiarity uh, gets so much higher so faster, uh, so much faster. A lot of people will tell you that they want to hear nothing but new music. Um, the reality is that we've seen over the course of decades is that uh, when you turn on the radio and it's something you don't know, it's you're gone, most likely. I mean, you may stick around, you may really like it right away, but uh, but by and large, there's uh, there's not a lot of flexibility there uh, with the audience. It's just the reality we face. I actually have a question for Jeff, as it pertains to new artists. If there are an artist that would be a top forty artist, there's no real proving ground for top forty acts. They don't break out of the clubs. They're not playing bars. Do they just start at radio? 
There's, the, um, the, you know, there, there's more of that, you know, country and pop still ruled by the major labels and the machines that they have that can, you know, that can, that can drive a song like that or drive a song or, or an artist like that. But still, I think that the average top 40 programmer um, is looking for a story that is coming off a, an ad campaign or a iHeartRadio performance or their launching platform, which is pretty powerful, or the um, um, a certain amount of social media, which is driving which is driving that. Yeah, I use Justin Bieber as an example. He was a YouTube sensation before he ever, and he's not really. I mean, beyond top forty. In fact, top forty didn't even really play him to start out with. I mean, he was selling out arenas and got very little top 40 airplay. One Direction was the same way. Um, I think there's definitely avenues that, that uh, artists can take. Top 40 Are also, those guys the exception or the rule? Oh, they're definitely the exception. Well, any, any major superstar is always going to be the exception. That's and, a, the, it's hard. To, I mean, the music business, uh, the longer you're in it, the harder you realize that it is to make something out of it. It's tough. And it's still, I mean, that's still... That's like a really hard format on top four. It is, and that's oh, yeah. still, and it's Absolutely. very expensive, yeah. and it's very, um, and that's still the major label ball game, entirely. Top. I mean, we, we, we work with a lot of independent artists. You know, we, we're working with one now by the name of Seth Glear, who is somewhere between a John Mayer, I think, and a Josh Groban. You know, fabulous artist, can sell 500 tickets in the top 20 markets. Um, the independent label and management asked me if we could help. And, and, and I know that, you know, we go to the mix or we go to B96 radio stations like that around America. You know, uh, we don't have major label muscle on that. So the, the best we can do is to help him develop his live audience, which is where he's going to make his money anyway. And, and hopefully find enough artists, to find enough audience development that maybe we get lucky with a sync because we're pitching advertising agencies and, t and TV shows constantly. And then with that, hopefully get a major label deal when, he, when he's worthy of it. You know, and I say worthy of it because when you, in, in this era of the, of the music industry, if you're trying to push onto a major label, then you're in their ball game and you're not going to get a good deal. When, they, when there are two people that are interested in you, then you at least have... Uh, an opportunity to um, make you know make a good deal for the artist, unless and also unless you're a straight ahead, I mean just a completely straight ahead pop artist. Uh, Top Forty also can cherry pick from all the other formats, which not a lot of formats get to do. So if you uh, lean in kind of one direction or another, you, you start may, there. Yeah, you may have may find success at AAA or alternative or uh, hot AC or something like that, and be able to cross over if you reach that sort of critical mass. I was asking a question because yeah. I have an artist that I'm working with that's. He's top forty. Well, gotcha. let's uh, let's uh, let's listen. Can we hear it now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, we can we can go there. Um, <laughs> you know what? But on, on that note, I mean, this isn't a, another direct response to that, but maybe at least an observation. There's been more pop pop sounding artists sharing formats in the last few years than I than I can almost ever remember. I mean, Pharrell Williams happy being number one at five formats. Lord Royals was number one, AAA, alternative, hot AC, top 40, and urban. You know, you know and that's amazing to me that, again, Lord, you know, white singer-songwriter from New Zealand, 
Pharrell Williams, we all know who Pharrell is, you know, have that kind of appeal across so format formats. lines. Well, I, I think you bring up what is, a, what is effectively something that we're discovering, especially at radio, which is the lines in the boxes that we create, that we put all these songs in and these artists in, are ones that we create, not what the audience creates. Um, the audience now, more than ever, can listen to uh, a great alternative band and love them, and a great hip-hop artist and love them, and there is just not that. They still There's still expectations when they turn on my radio station what they're going to hear but the uh, the opportunities for there to be uh, love for di all kinds of different formats I think is uh, as prevalent now as it has ever been I think it's interesting I was talking with jump smokers actually talking about flip side I was talking with jump smokers on dynasty podcasts like over the holidays and I was talking about how it's interesting that like fallout boy is a band that could headline riot fest or play a kiss fm show and there's very few bands that could go at riot fest and play like an iheart radio pool party you well know? you're you know and you're right, very few. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I mean, PJ's, you know, played them a lot, but Fallout Boy is a, you know, it's a pretty unique story that, and kudos to the management company and record company, because, you know, a punk pop band years ago that got some alternative radio airplay when alternative, you know, had some of that music on the playlist, they ended up with some top 40 hits, um, and ended up becoming a pop band, and then were able to go away and come back with a record that could that could cross both lines. And yes, and they're playing. They played the iHeart Jingle Ball Christmas Jingle Ball, and they played the K Rock, you know, Weenie Roast, which is a big alternative show. So well, and their their tour this summer is with Wiz Khalifa. So I mean, it's you know they. Clearly, I didn't are, know that. So, uh, yeah, so they're, <laughs> they're clearly stretching the boundaries. Uh, you know, the, again, the the kind of labels and boxes that we create, uh, all that stuff starting to break apart, which I think is great. So, you know, I think we're we're circling this, but I want to officially ask it: What are you guys looking for in the music you're breaking in clubs, on radio? You know, if you're an artist in this room, if you're an artist listening to this later on, and you're thinking like, I want Jeff McCluskey right for my music, I want to get played on 101, I want Vince like putting my music out there. You know, if you wanted to like get connected with you guys, what are each of you looking for from an artist, a band, you know, a song, a story? Well, I think the short answer is be brilliant, but that's, which I know it's like, oh, well that's, oh, is that, is that all it takes? But that's kind of the point is that it's that, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's not, it isn't easy to just immediately be that great or but what's so hard I mean you mentioned whatever it was 170,000 singles or something like that that popped up uh, last year and you consider how few of them finally sort of funnel its way down into that real mass appeal uh, it's it's really hard I mean it's it's a um, from that standpoint the but for me music is a very very personal thing not only for uh, us who are involved in it, but for the for the audience too, and so we make it a point to um, really kind of keep that in perspective and make sure that you know we don't get bent out of shape because one person complains because we played this new song or um, you know three people love this new song to a, to a huge degree. We we 
want to make sure that when we uh, are listening to things that there's some level of connection. Authenticity is a massive, massive thing uh, for us when we sit in. Uh, if you want to have the summer's biggest song once, that's great. It's very possible to do that, and uh, there is a place for that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's the difference between being Blurred Lines and being Beyonce. I mean, there's a uh, there's a much bigger difference with um, uh, when it comes to... Um, emotional connection with the music and making sure that the stuff you're putting out is true to yourself, regardless of whether or not radio loves you. That's not, that to me, I mean, that's going to be the end game to get you to the, to the ultimate level. But if that's why you're doing it, probably not the right motive, in my opinion. I believe the quickest path to, to that one great song is to write a thousand songs. Yep. Quality is achieved through quantity by doing it again and again and again and perfecting your technique along the way. So the first thing I look for um, in choosing our partners that we're gonna work with are people that are actually willing to do the work. 100%. And, yep. and do so what important. it, and really do what it's gonna take. And I don't know, I've had, um, huge records that I've worked on. I worked on this record um, called Move Your Body. It's, a real, it's, an, it's an older record back in the day with this guy Curtis McLean and Marshall Jefferson. And while Curtis was not the greatest singer in the world, he had this song that was really catchy and he was willing to get up every single night. He worked a job at the CTA, but he was out in the clubs every single night taking his records to every single DJ. And he had a list. On Monday, he hit these six spots. On Tuesday, he hit these seven spots. And so on. And he was willing to do that work until enough people were playing this record that it kind of caught on that it kind of caught on. And then when it caught on, then we can go to radio. Well, back then we could go to mix show guys and go, hey man, will you put this on? And they wouldn't say we have to play this in the mix show meeting and see how it reacts and so on and so forth. But um, it's gonna be a lot more powerful if I have to come to you than if you have to come to me. And Vince, you brought up something really quick and I don't wanna cut Jeff off because I know he hasn't come in yet, but it's really important to still work your music, work your promo in real life. I think it's easy to forget about that because it's like, oh, I got a thousand retweets on this, but it's like, you have to go out at events like this. You have to be in the clubs. You have to be at shows. You have to be at conferences or wherever the people are that you want to connect with. It makes such a difference when you're face-to-face, -face, not just tweeting at someone. You know, that's what I've seen for artists, you know, the ones who are out there. It makes a really, really big difference. Yeah, yeah and from a radio perspective, if, if, you, if you have a one big song, that's great. The being able to build yourself as an artist not every song is going to necessarily be like that. One of the things that you said about doing a thousand songs before you get to the one, you may get the one and not have ever picked it out. I mean, it may be something where you do it and it's kind of a throwaway to you, but it's the thing that really connects with other people. So you can't discount. That's why you got to get through all those because you're not going to, it's not going to be the, the, the thousandth one that is necessarily it. It may be the third one and you don't realize it until after you've done a thousand and go back and figure out a way to do it better because you're better. Um, so there's definitely, but the, I, I will always root for an artist that's ready to work. I mean, if you, if, if, if you had a, if you had a great song once and then the next song's not as good, but man, you just hustle and you want to do stuff and you want to connect with the audience and that kind of thing that that'll always carry weight with me. So, I mean, for us to, to that point, 
you know, we um, we got a lot of submissions, um, you know, for our for our independent side of our business. Um, we we're very selective, and we're selective based on you know we're looking for a great song, but we have something on our on, on it's on our website, and it says, and it's called Radio If When and How. So even though I mean being a radio promoter. By, I mean, that's our, that's what we're known for. People would expect that, you know, we just get songs on the radio. We actually turn, turn most of it down because um, it, we feel that there has to be a story that the, the artist has to have touring, social media, press, good, you know, web capabilities, ability to tour, and, and great music. I mean, we, in our, our office, we say that, you know, the, those four or five legs of the stool really need to be in place for us to be able to be effective. Because we feel like if we, you know, we bring music to radio stations who have music meetings that listen to a lot of music in a music meeting, and in a lot of cases we, we know that somebody might say, okay, McCluskey brought in C's music. Song's pretty good. Okay, Joe, tell me what, what does it look like? And then, the, and then he's got three Facebook fr uh, friends, no tour dates on his website. And then somebody calls me and says, you know, why, why are you wasting my time? So, you know, so that's something that, you know, we need to, we want to have, need to have credibility with the people that we call and you get, and you have the credibility by bringing things. They may not agree whether, whether we both agree or not that it's, that it's a great song. That's always going to be subjective, but we want to know that the people behind it have a work ethic and a story that they're creating to help get to that point when it is exposure time. They're ready to they're ready to be there and work with it. So, and I mentioned, sees, you know, sees music that just happens to be one. I mean, I could give you a list of artists that we're working with in independent artists in different genres, and I think if you know if I mentioned Way Down Wanderers and Scott Sheldon and Sees Music and The Soil and the Sun and um, um, Public Service Broadcasting. If you looked up, those are our independent clients right now and, and Bryn Elliott. If you looked up any of them, you would see extensive tour dates. You'd see pretty active social media. You may or may not agree with me on that's a great song or not. Again, that's always the subjective part. But you would see that there is a story being developed by people that are working at their craft. I, um, to play devil's advocate, not to directly disagree, but I kind of disagree. Um, and maybe this is just me. I have this belief, and it's a belief, that there can be an artist in this day and age, especially with uh, affordable music-making technology, that loves making music, loves to record themselves and other people. I believe that there can be an artist, there's, that there are artists that could give two fucks about Facebook or Twitter because they care about playing their fucking instrument that give absolutely zero concern, have zero concern in schlepping drinks for some small bar because they care about whether or not they're working on their own film, their own film to go with their music that could care the less about all of these other things and really need the support 
of industry and managers and people who do all that sell the music stuff because they spend so much time concentrating on making that great fucking song. And what you're saying is there's no place for them. No, because I, they're I didn't not the, say, I said there's, I said we don't take those. You don't take those. What if they got a quarter million bucks? Well, I'll take them in that case. <laughs> I'll take them in that case. All right, well, I know that, I know Jeff's gotta go in a moment. Yeah. So, yeah, excuse me, let me, let me just finish for a second. When I say we don't take those, mm -hmm. because of the, the, the artist development business I'm talking about, mm -hmm. that what we do, that's an artist development business. Yes, that's not just taking, you know, if... But what I'm if they say, I've got this great song, I've been working my ass off, and I've saved all this money to help build a team that's going to help me get exposure and get me on the radio. You don't, that's not your job? No. I don't. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in the art. You because know. obviously they would believe in themselves. You see, if I, if I told you I was purely a top 40 guy that thought I could go to a Z100 in New York. With I'm asking race. this question in a specific direction. Right. You know, I've been, my, and my, you see, <laughs> my, my business is more geared towards, towards music and artists that may end up on a, on a WXRT or a gotcha. Q101. Mm -hmm. And those are places where you don't hear, you hear tour, more touring artists. Guys have been touring and working their way up through the ranks right. in that respect. I, I just saw Look, and it's and you obviously have make a great point and if you're Diane and if you're a friend of Diane Warren's who's written you know 35 number one songs she would have a very different opinion on what I'm saying as well but that's really that's just not the business that I'm in I when you have that when you have that for my business after after it's gotten to a certain point we might be able to be helpful but we're not helpful in the beginning on things like that. So again, I know that, that, um, that Jeff has to go. So before that happens, I wanted to get this question out. You know, anyone in this room, anyone that's an artist, anyone that's listening to this podcast later on, if they wanted to get in touch with any of you to promote their music, to connect professionally, any of that kind of thing, and I'll let Jeff go first because I know you've got to leave, how would they do that? How can artists and creatives connect with you and what's the best way for them to do that? Um, on our website, um, that has it has my contact information. It has you know our staff for different kinds of music. So it's go to our website. It's all there. Um, I, I'm going to leave a group of one sheets also. Um, and you know please please do so if you're an artist uh, you know artist with music and you're you're interested in coming by. I mean we have people come in all the time. We love being in the um, new artist business. Um, again, you know, we have to, we have to be selective, but, um, you know, we love what we do and, um, and we love, you know, working with, uh, working with, with young artists. So that's perfect. Um, Jeff, I know you're, you're heading out. Thank you for being on the panel before we keep going. And we're going to go to audience questions at the end of this set of answers. But, uh, Jeff, thank you for being here. Jeff McCloskey. 
All right, go ahead, guys. Sorry. Uh, uh, to answer the question about uh, how to get in touch with us, uh, Walt Flakus, who uh, does afternoons for me, he is also uh, my music director. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best kept secret in alternative radio. He was uh, a major touring act. He started the band Stabbing Westward. Um, the local guy uh, was in artist and uh, producer management after he got done with that. Um, has the big records plaques up on the, his office wall. Um, he does a show on Sunday nights called Cued Up, which um, one of the things that I love about how why he does it or, and how he does it is a lot of radio guys, when they've got the specialty show for new music and, and that kind of thing on the weekends, he uh, they'll you know use that as an excuse to find the weirdest, you know, coolest, most interesting thing that's out there, and he'll do a little bit of that. But really, what he his purpose in that show is he's trying to tee up things that he thinks are really going to be viable records for the radio station. So he will. Uh, spend time cultivating that. He'll play him multiple times. He'll use that to try to gauge uh, uh, a reaction from a very active part of our audience. Uh, and that does help guide uh, a lot of the decisions that we make. So um, that's usually sort of the barrier for entry for us. Uh, doesn't always happen that way, but, um, but for him, uh, or excuse me, for us, for our radio station, uh, that's usually the best way to, uh, be, to get featured on what we do. Well, my name is Vince Lawrence. Um, my company's called Slang Music Group, and artist development is one of those things that we do, and we're in the phone book. Easy enough. My name is Haima Black. For D-Case and for everyone involved, Chicago Music, 2112, everyone involved here, um, Jeff McCluskey, PJ Kling, Vince Lawrence, uh, thank you guys for being part of this panel. Thank you for being part of this tonight. This has been the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series. You can find more live podcasts and panels at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.